Thank you for listening to our podcast. Church at the Well is a community reintroducing Jesus in Vermont through worship, service, creativity, and community. Well, today is the third Sunday of Lent, and we're going to continue our sermon series called The Way, where we're following Jesus' journey toward the cross. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to look at some of the stops that Jesus made on his way to the cross and asking ourselves, why did he go there? Why did Jesus choose that specific way? And then furthermore, what does that mean for us as we endeavor to, to take up our cross and follow him? Because there's something instructive about studying the way that Jesus went and why he went there, why he went that way. And so that's the aim of this sermon series. We want to investigate and learn how to follow and practice the way of Jesus. Now, so far in our series, we've seen Jesus make his way to the River Jordan, into the wilderness, which were both important stops along his way to the cross. And today what we're going to do is we're going to follow Jesus as he makes his way up a mountain. Now, mountains in scripture are often places where God reveals himself. Oftentimes in scripture, mountains are where God instructs his people, encourages them, and commissions them. And we see this all throughout the Bible, right? In the Old Testament, we find Moses who receives the Ten Commandments from God, where on a mountain. The great prophet Elijah hears God speak to him on a mountain, and he hears him speak in a still, small voice. We read the Psalms and the other Old Testament prophetic books, and we read about Mount Zion and the city of God. We we look at Jesus' teachings. One of Jesus' most famous sermons was preached on a mountainside. The Sermon on the Mount. And so time and again in scripture, we find God meeting his people on mountains. Now, of of course, mountains are are something that that we as Vermonters appreciate. We get it. We have beautiful mountains here. If you've ever reached the summit of Mount Mansfield or Camel's Hump or or any of the ski hills, it, it feels like you're having a spiritual experience, right? Because mountains have a way of giving us new perspective. Mountains have a way of giving us new eyes, new vision to see things that we otherwise wouldn't be able to see. Now, Before we read about the mountain that Jesus climbs in Matthew chapter 17, we need to know what happened in the previous chapter, in Matthew chapter 16. In Matthew chapter 16, we find Jesus telling his disciples that he's going to suffer and die. And you can imagine this was quite upsetting news for the disciples to hear. It's news, it's words that they they could not make sense of because they had spent three years with Jesus thinking that he was the one 
He was the Messiah, the one who was about to usher in God's kingdom and deliver them from Roman occupation. And now, in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus is telling his disciples that he's going to die. And on top of that, Jesus says to them, you better be ready to take up your own cross if you're going to follow me. And, and we read about Peter, one of the disciples, getting really upset with Jesus and reprimanding him and saying, no, that is not how it's going to go. That is not what's going to happen. And Jesus says these words to Peter. He says, Peter, you're seeing things from a human perspective, not God's. And so what happens is six days later, here we are at Matthew chapter 17 now, six days after that difficult conversation, Jesus invites Peter, James, and John to go mountain climbing with him. Why? Because Jesus wants to provide them with some heavenly perspective. And this hike is going to be a gift to these disciples. It turns out to be a transformative moment in their lives. Let me ask you a question. Has there ever been a time in your life where you couldn't make sense of anything and you needed another perspective? Maybe you were discouraged or troubled or in a tough spot and, and what you thought was going to happen didn't happen and you couldn't see any other possibility for, for God to redeem your situation or your circumstance. Well, that's where Peter, James, and John are. And you see, those are the times in our lives when we need to learn how to follow Jesus up the mountain. Because that's where we get God's perspective, a heavenly perspective. That's where we get to see things the way they really are. Because that's what the journey up the mountain does. It gives us God's perspective. So let's read Matthew chapter 17, verse 1 through 7. Six days later, Jesus took Peter and the two brothers, James and John, and led them up a high mountain to be alone. As the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed so that his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. Suddenly, Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Jesus. Peter blurted out, Lord, it's wonderful for us to be here. If you want, I'll make three shelters as memorials, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But even as he spoke, a bright cloud came over them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my dearly loved son, who brings me great joy. Listen to him. The disciples were terrified and fell face down to the ground. Then Jesus came over and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. And when they looked, they saw only Jesus. So here the disciples are, still reeling from this conversation six days ago that they had with Jesus, where Jesus told them that he was going to die and that they had to get ready to take up their own cross and follow him. And six days later, Jesus takes Peter, James, and John on a hike 
up a mountain. Now, we don't know with certainty which mountain they climbed, but most biblical scholars believe it to be either Mount Tabor or Mount Hermon. And as you can see in these pictures, both of these mountains would have been quite a hike. There would have been some energy exerted to climb these. And we know, in fact, from Luke's gospel account, that the disciples fall asleep at the top of the mountain. And they wake up to see Jesus' appearance completely transformed. They, they see Jesus in, in his majesty and in his glory and in his divinity and his face is shining like the sun. His clothes are white, is light. But that's not all they see. They see Moses and Elijah having a conversation with Jesus. Now, for you and I, seeing Moses and Elijah appear would be a dramatic event for sure. But for a Jewish person, it was mind-blowing because Moses and Elijah are the Old Testament heroes, right? And, and here they are talking with their rabbi and friend Jesus. And you can imagine what this was like for Peter, James, and John. I mean, it, it's the ultimate extreme swing of emotion. Just six days ago, all was lost, right? Jesus had told them he was going to die and that they had better get ready to take up their cross and follow him. I'm guessing that Peter, James, and John and the other disciples are probably second guessing their commitment to follow Jesus. They, they committed three years and now the rug just got pulled out from under them. They're probably wondering, has Jesus gone crazy? Has he gone mad? Is he really who he says he is? And now here they are at the mountain and they see Jesus in his glory, in his majesty, in his divinity. And he's talking with their heroes, Moses and Elijah, and they've never been more convinced. And in fact, Peter, we're told in the passage, is so excited by all this that he blurts out something without thinking. He, he tells Jesus, we should build three shelters. One shelter for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And, and you read that and you think, what is that about? What was Peter talking about? What is Peter suggesting here? Well, Peter was referencing an annual Jewish festival called the Feast of Tabernacles. And the Feast of Tabernacles happened every fall during the last harvest of the year. And what the Jewish people would do during this time is they would build temporary shelters. They would build these booths to live in for seven days. It was kind of the equivalent of a backyard camp out. Right? They would build these temporary structures, these tents, and live in them for seven days. And the reason they would do that was to remind themselves of the Exodus, how, how God had delivered them out of Egyptian slavery and led them to a promised land and tabernacled among them on the journey in the wilderness. And so the Feast of Tabernacles pointed to the day when God would dwell with his people forever. And so Peter here 
he, he interrupts Moses, Elijah, and Jesus' conversation. Number one, because he's, he's just so excited. But he, he, he's, he's interrupting them because he wants to suggest a Feast of Tabernacles. He wants to suggest a, a seven-day camp out with them on the mountain. Right? He does not want this moment to pass him by. He does not want this moment to leave. This is a transforming moment in his life. And he's proactive about it. Right? Peter says, Jesus, I'll build you all shelters. I'll, I'll do it. And, and we can just stay right here. And why would we ever want to leave this place? This is amazing. But while Peter was selling his camp out idea, a bright cloud comes over them. And a voice says, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Listen to him. See, this is God essentially telling Peter, James, and John, you can't stay up here on this mountain because this is a commissioning, not a camp out. See, Jesus is on his way to the cross and this mountain is just one stop on his way to the cross. This mountain is, is about commissioning. This mountain is about strengthening. It's about perspective. It's about encouragement. And we're told in Luke's gospel that, that Moses and Elijah, the conversation they're having with Jesus was about his departure. And so there's this planning, there's this commissioning. And so God is essentially, through this cloud that comes down and this voice says, listen to him, listen to my son who brings me great joy. He's, he, he's telling Peter, James, and John, you can't stay up here. But what you need to do is you need to remember what you saw. You need to remember what you experienced here on this mountain. Because when you go back down to the valley, you're going to need this perspective. You're going to need the encouragement and the strength you got here for what you're about to walk into. Now, I want to pause here for a moment to make an observation that's applicable to you and I. Because here's the thing, we love the mountaintop moments, right? The spiritual highs where we gain new perspective and we're strengthened and we're energized and we receive fresh vision and revelation and we soak it in God's presence and, and bask in the glow of his glory. We love that. But the importance of those experiences don't lie in the experiences themselves, but, but in how they form us how they shape us, what they prepare us for. Because if we're not careful, what can happen is we can make the same mistake Peter did. Trying everything in our power just to camp out on the mountain and never have to engage in the mission and work that God's inviting us into down in the valley, right? We just want to stay on the mountain. The mountaintop is the place, though, where God not only encourages and strengthens us and gives us his perspective, it's also the place where he commissions us. 
And, and, and it's interesting that, that Peter never forgot this mountaintop experience. He was formed by it. He was shaped by it. I believe that it prepared him and equipped him and encouraged him and gave him perspective to move forward into the, the, the way of the cross, the way that, that Jesus was going to go and he was going to follow. And, and we know that it was a, a source of encouragement to Peter in his later days. It was a strength. It, it filled him with a heavenly perspective. We read it in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 16 through 18 about, about this experience. Let's read that. For we were not making up clever stories when we told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We saw his majestic splendor with our own eyes when he received honor and glory from God the Father. The voice from the majestic glory of God said to him, This is my dearly loved Son, who brings me great joy. We ourselves heard that voice from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. And so you see, Peter never forgot this mountaintop experience. He wasn't able to stay on the mountain but he took the encouragement, the strength, the perspective, the commissioning, and he, he remembered it. He brought it with him when he w- went back down into the valley on, on the way to the cross, right, with Jesus. And then many years later. And so the question that I want to leave you with this morning is how can you and I make our way up the mountain with Jesus? You know, this past week, I was feeling a bit down and a bit worn out and I was unmotivated. It was a Monday and I I was just not feeling it. I was a little bit discouraged and I'm sure none of you have weeks like that. It's just me that has those kind of weeks. But while I had plenty to do, I decided to just stop and to go for a brisk walk to clear my head and and to pray. And there were three short prayers that I kept repeating as I was walking. And I was praying them kind of under my breath, praying them in my breath. As I was breathing, I was just praying these prayers. And I want to share with you what I was praying. It's really simple. I was praying, God, give me your perspective. Help me to see what I need to see. Spirit, encourage me and strengthen me. Jesus, commission me. Help me to take up my cross and to follow you. And I just kept praying those prayers, those three prayers over and over again as I walked and as I breathed. Now, I wish I could say that Moses and Elijah appeared and a great bright cloud showed up. Uh, No, (laughs) But, but I did sense an increased awareness of God's presence. And I did feel strengthened, feel encouraged, like I had gained a little more perspective, perspective that I needed for that day. So before we go, I want to ask you a question. What do you have to do this week to make your way up the mountain with Jesus? You know, maybe you have to get outside for a walk or a hike and pray like, like I did on Monday. Maybe you have to carve out a few minutes of solitude for yourself and just to be with Jesus. Maybe you have to find something warm to drink and sit with some scripture and read some scripture and meditate on some scripture or find a friend 
to have some meaningful conversation and interaction with. Or maybe you have to find space for that hobby or that project that you've been wanting to do. What do you need to do this week to make your way up the mountain with Jesus? What I want to do as you're considering that is I want to close by inviting you to pray the same three prayers, simple prayers that I prayed earlier this week. And I'm going to put these three prayers on the screen for us. And I want to invite you to pray them with me. So let's pray. God, give me your perspective. Help me to see what I need to see. Spirit, encourage me and strengthen me. Jesus, commission me. Help me to take up my cross and follow you. Let's pray those one more time. God, give me your perspective. Help me see what I need to see. Spirit, encourage me, strengthen me. Jesus, commission me. Help me to take up my cross and follow you. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you'd like to pray further with someone, there's a prayer request tab in the chat box. And if you click that, you're going to be sent to a private chat room where you'll find a staff member to pray with you. Amen. Go in peace, friends. listening to the official podcast of Church at the Well in Burlington, Vermont. For more information about Church at the Well, including gathering time and location, events, and how you can financially support the podcast, please visit us online at wellchurchvt.com.